What's going on, everybody? It's Derek. And it's Doug. And the Uncle Sam. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's episode 67. Eight. Nice. Oh, hey. <laughs> we don't know how to count. Yay. I noticed Derek that last week. Because <laughs> we were like, it's episode 66. It's actually, last week was actually episode 65. This one would be 66. <laughs> Thanks, like, Sam. I was like, just what go with Doug? it. I was like, You're just go with it. Roll with it. Cool. It's the missing episode that'll someday come out. What episode are we technically right now? Uh, we should be on episode. Oh, my list went away. Let me look it up real fast. Quick, vamp. <laughs> I want to suck your blood. Not like that. Uh, we should be technically on sixty-six. Nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, today's topic is, are video game remakes good or bad for the gaming ecosystem? Ooh. I'm actually excited for this one. As opposed to all the other weeks where I'm clearly not excited now. Clearly not. <laughs> uh, well, you haven't been on a podcast in like a month. No, yeah, I haven't. No, I actually haven't, because last week was you 2 Yep. Then the week before that was all the Christmas like, and stuff. Christmas, thing, uh, pretty much December. Yeah. So, yeah, you are completely right there. Sam and I are more committed than you, just FYI. Oh, yeah, <laughs> clearly. Our great and glorious leader has returned. All right, cool. I'll see you guys later. Oh, you want those edits done later? No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. You are, uh, yeah, you guys have anything? Did you guys do anything fun this week? Uh, I went through and uh, I sobered up my keyboard. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you spilled a nice uh, beverage on it. Yeah. <laughs> it survives and it's still functioning except for the Windows Store key. And as we were joking, <laughs> who uses that anyway? If yeah. only they replaced it with like a Steam cup. Key. Yeah, I would, that'd be like fantastic. Keyboard's like, hey, I'm gonna open up Steam for you. It's like, hey, my wallet has never been more angry at you. <laughs> I had to finally close Steam because I just tend to leave it open. <laughs> I had to close it because otherwise I was in the, the store every day going, anything cool on sale? <laughs> and there have been so many times where I'm like, I've been wanting this game. I I'll should. never play it. I feel like the worst thing for my wallet is the Humble Bundle emails that get sent to me all the time. <laughs> Did you see the Humble Bundle email today about uh, Civ 6? Yeah, I know. I was trying to put that out of my mind, though. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, $12 goes out of my bank account now. But it's $12 for like <laughs> 8,000 hours of Civ 6. It is true. Yeah, that's true. If, uh, you, if you calculate that out, that's like $0.02 cents an hour or something like that. Hmm. You're making this easy to justify. But honey, right? it's only two cents an hour. I feel yeah. like we would be we would be out of luck. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh so otherwise I went to I've got fiber this week. Nice. I, I've actually not worked a full <laughs> week since middle of December. Because Why? What? How did you do that? Well, because Christmas was on Monday, uh, and then New Year's was on Monday. The week after that, I had to take Friday off because I was uh, we couldn't get a babysitter for our daughter. So I was like, I'll take 
PTO. And then this week we had, I, we were installing fiber and they're like, it'll come between uh, midnight and 1159 PM. <laughs> well, they actually gave me a more strict window, but it was like, <laughs> we'll show up when we feel like it. And they actually uh, how about showed next up, Tuesday? They, they did show up in the nice window and uh, we got fiber and now I'm hardwired into giganet, gigabit internet. And you've been doing ungodly things by being able to upload entire gigabyte files in less than, what, like three minutes? Um, when I uploaded bite-sized news on Friday, generally it takes me about 10 to 15 minutes or not or longer to upload 10 minutes. Because half the time my USB Wi-Fi adapter would disconnect mid-upload and be like, nice. I, I just don't know. And this one, with fiber, with it being hardwired, I was like, oh, two minutes and it's done. Oh, cool. Thank God I said it's scheduled first. Otherwise, it would have made it public right now. So, <laughs> it's exciting. I'm ready to upload something larger like this and watch how long that takes. <laughs> Doug sitting here is like, I hate your guts right now. I really do. <laughs> it wasn't actually, really I'm do. really happy with, uh, I'm actually really happy with it. Because uh, it's affordable, in all honesty. Oh, yeah. And plus, the more you use the internet, the more affordable it is. If you only checked, like, Facebook, it'd be like, really, why are you paying, like, a gig for a gigabit of internet? Or it's like, I upload everything and download everything and play games online. That yeah. makes it cheaper. Yeah, pretty much. It's like that going back to two cents an hour for Civ Six. Which, Sam, do you remember it's $12 on Humble Bundle? <laughs> <laughs> By the end of this podcast, I will own it. <laughs> there you go. Then my work is done. Uh, the only exciting thing I did this week was uh, notice that the check engine light was on. Uh, me and my fiance shared car, and it was just like, <sighs> where's the nearest bridge I can jump off of? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's able to drive, though, right? It's not making any weird noises. No, it's not making weird noises. It's not doing anything funky. I think that would be more concerning than if it was. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like... <sighs> I'm still able to get to work, but, you know, here's the thing, like, my fiance is way more worried about that than I am, because, like, I'm, we're still able to get to work, uh, let me take a day off when you're off work, and then I can just sit there at the mechanic all day, instead of, like, let me drop you off at work in the middle of the day, and have to come pick you up, so, there's a bit of, uh, struggle there today. Huh. Yeah. Because I had to take it to Pet Boys, and they're like, yeah, we'll get to it tomorrow morning, and I'm like... <laughs> no, you won't. Peace. And I left. Especially with, like, it being pure ice outside right now. Right? That was like... <sighs> okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, was, it was a thing. I did get to play a fun game on Xbox that I think oh, you really? both would like. Okay. It's called Turing Test. Go on. Ooh, go. Go for it. <laughs> it is like Portal, except not made by Valve. Hmm. So, like, you've got this energy gun that can absorb charges. So you can put them into, like, plugs in the wall that power different things, open doors, turn on bridges. And the whole time you're getting talked to it by an AI. So you're sitting there going, okay, cool. The AI is like, yeah, I can't solve these puzzles because they're part of a Turing test. Because these puzzles require ingenuity, creativity, and everything. But the whole time you're sitting there going, but am I an AI? It <laughs> am is, I really? 
it's really good. Like, I went to go look up a puzzle solution, and only, like, one website had actually done anything with it. And I was like, I feel like more people should be aware of this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got I picked it up for Xbox Gold free, like, a month and a half ago. And I just got around to playing it. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is really good. So I think you should look it up. I'll have to do that. I think so. I will. I don't like anything with Turian test in them. Mm-hmm. I like anything with Turians in them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I I know that's for Mass Effect. Yeah. All right. Do you want to move on to the uh, YouTube roundup? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first one we had up was the importance of community. Now I've actually heard of the uh, artists, the YouTube channel and i know doug has have you had you heard of this group sam i have not and actually i was like trying to catch up on the video that we're right before you sent it to here and i didn't hadn't heard of them before but enlighten me um so they are a couple they're a canadian couple that went to korea as english teachers uh, years ago almost a decade at this time and they eventually became full-time filmmakers uh vloggers youtube creators yeah, YouTube creators. That's a better word than vloggers. And uh, they have their own community called uh, they're the Nasties. And <laughs> so they were talking about how, more than anything, the community is the best part of being a creator. Uh, did I get that right, Doug? Yeah. Um, basically, like, one of the creators, uh, Martina, because it's a couple, Simon and Martina. Martina does suffer from, like, a... Uh, what was it EDS or something like that? Yeah, something basically, like, that. like her ligaments don't ligament ligament. Um, yeah. so like dislocates joints all the time. Huh. And so, like, she was talking that the community, seeing that you know she's like she posts something on Twitter, like you know got I was able to get up and go water the plants, you know because along with the EDS, it's deals with a lot of depression, and they've had a few videos that have talked about just openly about, you know, depression and what, what's going on and not the surefire way to beat it, but just, it doesn't have to be going out and conquering the world. It has, it can be something as basic as, uh, you know, sitting up and putting on a pair of socks and feeding the cat. It's the simple victories. And so yeah. they've dealt with a lot of stuff in the past. You know, they've, you know, over Christmas, they almost lost their dog because the dog almost was paralyzed. And so it was just like a lot of stuff has happened in the almost decade they've been creators, and I've followed them for almost a decade. Yeah. Nice. And so they're talking about their community and how they actually go back and read the comments. You know how everyone who's a creator says, oh, if you want to be happy, don't look at your comments. They go and look at the comments and talk with their fans and it creates a community of instead of like that the screen is the barrier where you have creators and you have content viewers there's a community there if that makes sense that makes complete sense to me uh it's interesting um there are some groups that are like oh we've done live events now and this is becoming like a trend um what was it the achievement hunter guys they started doing let's play live and then Game Grumps done, Game Grumps live. And then all the other creators started to do live events. These couple has been doing live events since, like, 2010. 
practically. <laughs> so they like they've done they've went and spoke at certain events, they've set up stuff so that they can meet and greet with fans for almost a decade at this point. So it's like it's really cool that they've been a part of their community for such a long time in a personal aspect, not just like, oh, we're we chat on Reddit or Twitter or YouTube or whatever. It's like, no, I I've seen you. I've talked to you. I've went to coffee with you guys. It's, it's really yeah. cool. Well, it's that interaction where you go through and you engage with those who are your followers. It's not a matter of, oh, hey, I just simply follow you and watch your videos. It's a matter of if I send you in any feedback, you actually listen to me. And, of course, if I ask for your feedback, you give it to me. So they yeah. have more voice, and it is a community instead of just a matter of creators and consumers. It's a, hey – Let's go ahead and let's have a mutual relationship that we can go through and feed off of, which if they've been doing it for 10 years and had followers for 10 years, I mean, that shows you how effective they are at doing that. Yeah. Um, I know of a lot of YouTubers that it's like, oh, man, I, you know, they people follow them for like, what, one or two months. And then they're like, yeah, they haven't really done anything different. And then they unfollow them. And then it's just like, okay, well, it's because they didn't really do anything to interact with that fan base, per se. And I think a lot of... They they struck it early because they... uh, In a weird way, they got into YouTube, like, in the golden era of YouTube. Um, Back before it was all, you know, Jimmy Kimmel videos and last night, last week tonight and all this stuff. It's like... all the, like, Vine compilations, even though Vine's been dead for however many years. Yeah. Yeah. They got on when YouTube was like, share videos with your family. So that's what they started as. It's like, hey, we're we're Canadians coming to South Korea, and this is some of the differences that we've noted. Like, these are the snacks that you can get, and the food you can get, and the, the dances for pop songs that... And from there, it's like, okay, cool. It was that this is a discovery. And they started going to like different restaurants and trying food and like just doing new stuff on YouTube and not just doing a one trick pony thing, you know, it's, it's like one of the channels where I have like this somewhat this anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't watched their videos in like a month. I feel actually bad for not watching their videos because i'm like i love their stuff not keeping up with them (laughs) yeah it's like oh my god i feel so bad like when i seen on instagram over christmas that you know their dog spudgy uh lost his use of his back legs i'll have to admit i got a lump in my throat because i'm like i've seen i've seen when they adopted this dog this dog will live forever (laughs) because i like to think that yeah i mean because it's like a it's a community and you know, like I said, I've been watching them for a good part of the decade, and that goes back to when I was 18, before I went to college, before, you know, I did anything with my life. It's just like, I've been watching them, and it's really cool to see, if go back and watch their first video, and then their latest video, and you're just like, they've metamorphosed as much as I have. Yeah. Is, is, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask a question. Is that a word? It is now. It is now. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, it sounded. <laughs> you said it so confidently that I almost like. I was like, he could uh, be I mean, right. It's, it's kind of like what my old uh, college roommate said. He's like, Doug, I when I first met you, I really didn't like you, and now that I, you know, no, you're in your senior year. It's like, 
you've metamorphosed into this toxic butterfly. I'm like, thanks, Steve. <laughs> this toxic butterfly. I will remember that. What's your yeah. team name, the toxic butterflies? Like Blap, a- yeah, man. Blap, yeah. <laughs> That's a Futurama joke, by the way. Yeah. I was just going to say, that reminds me of that Futurama episode. Yeah, I was watching that last night. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so, it, I think the, like uh, wrapping that video up. I think that's like as like as creators. I think we can all agree. Like we'd love to have that kind of community um, in our own way. Oh yeah. Um, who was it that was saying like, I want to be the next so and so. I want to be the next you know Casey Neistat. I want to be the next achievement hunter or whatever. I'm like no, you don't. You want to be your own thing. Yeah. Actually, I think Bernie Burns might have said that. And, Bernie Burns is dead. Yeah. Rip. Hey, Rip, that man is legend. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move All right. on. All right, the Nintendo Direct Mini from January 11th of this year. Yes. yes. Did you gents watch it? I watched it, and there's a couple of those titles that I'm really excited about. Yes. I, I'm actually excited I watched for the Kirby it. game. Oh, yeah. I watched it, like, I was, like, 98% of the games, I was like, <sighs> okay. Uh, you know, actually, I'm on the opposite kind of side of that. I was like, there seems to be a lot of cool games, but there's only, like, a couple that I'm, like, for sure are probably going to be buying. Kirby, Dark Don't Souls, you... Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hate on Mario Tennis Aces, man. That I'm probably going to get Mario Tennis. I was like, eh. Okay, I have this, like love-hate memory of going through and playing Mario Tennis on my Game Boy Color for the longest time, so I pretty much go through and I try and get any Mario Tennis game that I can. I don't blame you there. That's, I mean, it was looking cool, but there's a lot of Metroidvania-style games that I was just like, eh. <laughs> I, I'd really rather uh, Animal Crossing. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is just the mini direct, because here's what they're going to do within the next 20 days, because usually both they have a Nintendo direct, but within 20 days before that, there's a direct mini, because what they're doing is they're showing off the smaller titles that, like, were you anticipating a Kirby game? Like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a Kirby game. Yes. Not really. Exactly. So what they're doing is they're showing off the smaller games and then within the next 20 days, it's going to be, here's Metroid Prime 4, here's Animal Crossing, here's all these big titles. Because if I view it like this. If I give you a million dollars right now, and next week I give you a thousand dollars, are you going to be excited for the thousand dollars? Not as much. Uh, yeah, However, well, if you today... Know, money is money, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could pay my bills with that. However, <laughs> if today I gave you a thousand dollars, and then next week I gave you a million dollars, you're going to be so excited for the million. True. Yeah, I can get it. I can dig it. And it's so one of those, uh, it's almost like a pre-order, it sounds weird but for Nintendo to do this, but almost like a pre-order trap. Of And these games are all available for pre-order. I run out to the store, pre-order Kirby, Dark Souls, and Mario Tennis. And then next week they go, and here's the Direct, and here's all of these massive games. Animal Crossing, Mega Man, Metroid, and Mario. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> but here's the thing I've this heard mini direct was this year's releases they can say oh here's our metroid prime 4 trilogy dot game that's gonna release next year okay cool here's animal crossing 
2019. They can release, uh, do the mini direct, the direct mini, and have all the releases for this year. But I don't want Animal Crossing next year. I want it now. <laughs> nice. Sam, have you played Animal Crossing ever? Yes, I played it on the GameCube. Okay. You mean like, the best cube? <laughs> yeah, the best cube. The, the best version of it. Yeah. Actually, I, I like New Leaf. I, I, you know what? I was actually going to agree with Sam there. The GameCube version was the best version. And there is actually a cool secret about that game. You do enlighten us. Uh, if you put it in your GameCube, you play it, you load up your character and you start playing it, the best prank is to open up the disc tray and grab the disc from the GameCube. Uh, the game still plays. Nice. The game does not need the disc. <laughs> it's great when you just... When someone else is playing it, and you just pop open their GameCube and take the disc from them, and they're like, dude, you're gonna ruin my game. Nah, it's all good. Because <laughs> all of the town data is saved on the memory stick. Nice. How I found yeah. this out, it was in the, before the golden age of the internet, so I don't know. <laughs> you probably just... You just you probably pressed. both of you guys pressed the wrong button, and you're like, oh no, I just ruined the game. <laughs> You forgetty to res- you forgetty to save. Now you get resetty. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. So yes. there's a couple other games on there that I was like, eh, they're Metroidvania games. The world will never be uh, okay. satisfied uh, with the number of we have. Do we really need another Dark Souls remastered version? Yes, yes we do. Uh, I've already played Dark Souls a lot. <laughs> but now you can play Dark Souls in the bathroom. <laughs> Now or everyone on a, the heist. <laughs> now everyone on a bus can hear you yell and cuss and scream about how that is complete crap. <laughs> how or get your get the crap scared out of you by anything in the middle of like a public area. Oh my gosh! Oh, is I it, mean, is, it, is that a skeleton? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Is that the asylum demon? Uh, guys, I want to make a new series. <laughs> So, I'm also excited for Donkey Kong Country Freeze, because it's one of those games I want to play with my fiancé, because I have this feeling that uh, there's going to be, like, a threat of a divorce, or, like, leaving someone. Stop jumping on my head! I need those lives. (laughs) I jokingly said that the closest me and my wife have ever come to having marital problems is trying to play Legend of Zelda Four Sword Adventure on DS. Nice. Uh, because it's one of those, okay, stop chucking bombs at me. No, no, stop stop chucking bombs at me. If you don't stop ch- chucking bombs at me! It's like, huh, maybe for the sake of our marriage we shouldn't play this together. Because <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very much like a go-get-em, like get all the collectibles, like let's just go, let's do this. And uh, so I tend to ruin gaming experiences with people, unless like they also night. know it. Like snipper clips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the like closest... any game that's not competitive is about to be. Yeah. <laughs> so do we do we need to have an intervention? Am I addicted? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, we weren't gonna say it. You have to. First step is admission. Yeah. You're, so, right. Real, You're right. Real fast. Um. The talk of Donkey Kong Country Freeze could actually bring up our main topic. I believe so. Yep. (laughs) 
you are, that's a good segue, actually. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank I'm, I'm going to int- reintroduce our topic. That was impressive. <laughs> Go for it. Are video game remakes good or bad for the gaming ecosystem? This is, being as it's a complicated uh, problem, I'm sure we all have our own opinions. Uh, so, go ahead. what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, is I'm going to set a timer. Each of you will have two minutes to talk about whether you believe, yes or no, it's a bad or good thing. Does that work with everyone? Yeah, sounds good to me. And then we can discuss it. Alright, sounds good. Sam? Sounds good to me. All right, so who wants to go first? Sam, go ahead. All right, I'll go. Your time starts now. All right, so I believe that they're actually really bad for the gaming ecosystem. The primary example of this was, we were actually talking about it last week, the Halo Remastered series. My question is, how many people actually went out and bought the Remastered game set versus the people that joke around saying, hey, let's go play the classic on my old Xbox all the time? By going through and remaking a classic video game, a lot of times other additions are added in, um, which some people don't like. But in addition to that, it takes away from developing new games. So it's like, oh, let's focus on the classic and never change anything about it. And basically you have all these developers and these great, talented guys out there spending their entire life basically rehashing something that somebody else already did. So there's that. The there is a flip side where I kind of do agree to it. Every time there's a new gaming system, yeah, feel free to re-release or remaster a little bit so you can download it to the latest version of your Xbox or anything like that. So say you don't have to keep your old Xbox, even though, let's be honest, we would all keep our original Xboxes if we wanted to. But for the most part, I would say it's harmful. What about you, Derek? You still have 40 seconds. Though. Oh, I still have 40 seconds? Okay, well, I can ad-lib yeah. as much crap as I can here. Let's see. <laughs> you can uh, sing a little song. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I would say the biggest disappointment in Rehash Out was, like, Xbox attempt to report all the Banjo-Kazooie games, and they never worked when they ported them over. So I spent, like, 30 bucks trying to get all those onto my Xbox 360 a while back, and it did not work at all. <laughs> so that's my thoughts behind it, but, you know... <laughs> To each their own. And ten seconds. <laughs> and I'll sit here and stare at my computer screen for ten seconds while you guys well, listen to... <laughs> dead air. Well, now it's like zero <laughs> seconds, so okay. time's up. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Alright, Derek, and time's starting now. First and foremost, I am a hypocrite. Uh, I actually kind of agree with you, Sam, that... Uh, Gaming remakes are actually not good for the economy. Uh, a lot of for the same reasons. But then I'm also on the side of... But did you see Secret of Mana remake, though? Yes. But did you see this other remake? It's like, remake for me. I was like, not needed, not needed, not needed. Until it's the game that I want remake. So, and but there are some games that I don't think should be remade. Like classic games like... Chrono Trigger, Breath of Fire, Illusion of Gaia, a lot of the Super NES games. But then the other half of me goes, yeah, but it would be pretty sweet, though, to be able to play Chrono Trigger in an HD environment with smoother graphics and stuff like that. So I I say they're bad, but I think they're only bad so much as uh, they're games I'm not interested in. And then as soon as there is something that I'm interested in, I'm all about it. 
So I don't think that this there's a good answer for this question. Um, I think they're, for a lot of the same reasons you say they're bad, I think that they're partially good because a new generation of kids can run out and go buy the new Halo game. Maybe they're the ones that didn't get to have the original Xbox. Because uh, I know I actually never owned an Xbox till Xbox 360, and I got that late in its development. So I never played Halo, Halo 2. I only joined in at Halo 3. So I didn't get those. I never actually played Banjo-Kazooie uh, games like at all until they were remastered. So I think it's, a, it's a, one of those questions of is it a game you're interested in or not? Um, I think there should be a waiting period, though. Time's up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, I will give myself two minutes. All right. <laughs> All right, and two minutes is starting now. My fellow Americans, I'm here to tell you that <laughs> gaming remakes are a wonderful thing. I will give you an example Shadow of the Colossus Ooh. for PlayStation 2. It was a great game, but it came out in a time where people weren't wanting a strategic game with big action in a platforming 3D environment. That game is now on the PlayStation 4, and it is an amazing game. I would also like to bring to your attention the aforementioned Secret of Mana, a beautiful game with beautiful music that I still remember, but it's being remade for the PlayStation 4, so I have opportunity to play it with my loved ones who've never played it. I would also like to bring forward the Bioshock series, that it had a few bugs on the Xbox 360, but now it's remastered along with all of its lost DLC, because yes, I could go back and I could get a used 360 copy, but I would be unable to play any of its DLC. I would only be able to play the story, and that's it. I may want to go back and play Bioshock Infinite and its Burial at Sea. However, before this remaster, I would be unable to do so. I would be unable to see the story of Elizabeth in Rapture. So my fellow Americans, I would like to say... Gaming remakes aren't bad. They spurn on a new generation with our generation's games, our masterpieces. We're able to sift out all the filler games and bring just the gems for our new generation, for our sons and our daughters. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Insert clap and applause here. <laughs> and I came right to my two minutes. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you had rehearsed this or something. I, I did not, actually. I was making that up. <laughs> I loved it. I, I thought it was great. So I, I think they're a double-edged sword. I, they really are. They so really are? They really are, I believe. <laughs> The reason being is that there are some games that I really wish that people would go through and remaster over and over again. For example, um, I would be really appreciative if they made, like, Fallout 3 again with actual good graphics, whereas, like, 
all they've done, or I would even take that back. Fallout New Vegas remastered with better graphics, because I thought that was the better of the two games. But as of right now, there's really nothing there except for mods you can get, which they are pretty cool. How about Portal? Portal would be pretty sick. I, yeah. I don't know if there's a reason to remake Portal. I mean, yeah, it's not. Oh, like they could add. Go they ahead. Could, you could add in all the DLC, like the not the DLC packs, but like different textures, new puzzles, and implement Portal, you know, some Portal 2 ideas into Portal 1 to make the gameplay a little bit smoother. Then you're just and making then, Portal 3. Yeah, yeah, and then you could just say, oh, and here's new levels. Don't release it as Portal 3. Release, it's Portal 1, 1 and 2 remastered. Oh, hey, and there's a day one, a quote-unquote day one update that's Portal 3. But how much of this comes to, hey, I'm a gaming company, and instead of going through and working on a brand new project, I'm going to try and make money by rehashing out the same exact game. And the question I really want to know is how much time goes into remaking the game, because it's not necessarily level remaster or, like, storyline remastering. It's more graphics remastering for everything. Um, I think... It- a bit of work goes into it because you have to make sure that you know the bit mapping and the just it doesn't clip and it doesn't it plays nice with the existing physics uh actually knowing how some of the 3d rendering is done it's actually not that difficult and i say that as an armchair game designer um because it's all textures like yeah. as long as they've got the files which, if they're remastering it, they do. It's all you have to do is just up-res them. Like, True. just reapply textures, redo some sh- uh, some shaders and stuff like that. And if you're doing a true remaster, they're probably going to leave the same bugs, they're going to leave the same glitches. So, unless they're doing, like, a complete, like, The Secret of Mana, which was originally 16-bit from the SNES, and they're bringing it to a three-dimensional world they have to actually remake the entire game whereas if they did fallout 3 or fallout new vegas all they're going to be doing is just reapplying some better looking textures it is true hey doug are you getting Derek clipping out a little bit uh not like clipping audio but like he's going in and out on occasion a little bit so just want to get that with you guys yeah um He does that all the time. Now, there are some games, I'm looking at my my list, my Steam list here, that they did some decent remasters. I mean, one remaster that scares the crap out of me was the original Resident Evil HD remaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was terrifying when I played it the first time, and now with updated graphics, even even more horrifying. It's like, oh, man, that looks realistic. (laughs) I'm not sleeping tonight. (laughs) My neighbor just heard me scream like a little girl. That's great. Right? <laughs> yeah. I can totally get that. Uh, the only thing my argument is is that it goes back to the greed of a corporation level again. Like I said, you know, re-releasing it to download on the next system is good, but it's kind of goes back to the original Xbox 360 to Xbox One or the Xbox to Xbox 360 debate where it's like, oh yeah, don't worry, your games are compatible with the next one. And then it ended up that they weren't. <laughs> I think it ultimately just depends upon the company. Um, like EA? <laughs> well, yeah. They're an easy target, though. Uh, I was going to go... Think about, like, Squaresoft with The Secret of Mana. Mm-hmm. This puts them in a good position that if they decide to do the sequels, 
to the game. They've already got the game system done. The game, some of the uh, the uh, assets. They've already pretty much got the groundwork done. So it's like, oh, if this game is well-received, they can immediately do the sequels. So it's like, okay, cool. But I feel like what I was saying right at the time, that there should be a time limit, like a time yeah. uh, gap. Because, like, I've seen some games that it's like, Skyrim is one of the worst defenders. It's like, Skyrim. Now you have Skyrim Master Edition. Now you have Skyrim Game of the Year Edition. Now you have Skyrim for the Xbox One. Now you have Skyrim for the Switch. And it's like, alright, we get it. Like, Skyrim is the new Doom. We get it on every console. <laughs> but it's like, but you're not actually changing anything. Like, now, you're not making it better. You're just selling the same product again. And I buy the same product. Yeah, again. but also going on the lines of, like, you were saying Bioshock. Like, when a new game's about to come out, and say it's however many years in the future, five years, six years, and people never played the first one, it's like, yeah, why not we go through and we release the remastered version, like, right before? It's like, hey, in anticipation for the new one, why don't you go through and play this or the remastered of the original? So it's more of a, I would guess, say, an easy transition into it, where it's not like, man this graphic looks like crap and the flood looks like a bunch of pixels in the original. And then now it looks like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's a person being eaten by a parasite kind of deal. Yeah. Do you think and, it could also be used to test the waters? It could, I definitely like, think so. Like, like, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're pushing out Bioshock uh, collection, right? HD yeah. remaster. Then they go based on the sales are people still interested in Bioshock? Yes? No. Yes? Maybe we make a new Bioshock. No? Okay, well we made money enough to cover the this game and fans of the old game, they get their game. Well, alright, here's the thing. Alright, Dark Souls Remastered for the Switch. That is a big jump. Because up until this point, like, Nintendo's done, yeah, they've done third-party titles, but this is, like, a super serious, I want to say mature, but not, like, mature-mature game. Yeah, to bring it's not it a to the kid's Switch, cartoon. Yeah, it's not Legend of Zelda or Mario. This is a tough-as-nails, rage-inducing game that has a huge fan base. They can remaster it and not really have to change a lot and say, do Switch owners want this and would it be worth our time to put two, three, and then put a you know Dark Souls four on the Switch, or do we would just want to stick with PC, Xbox, and PlayStation because we know it sells there? It's a good question. True, but also the question becomes: Is it because we've lost the creator aspect of a game? Like I understand coming out with a new version of a game like i'm not even mad at the final fantasy for however many games they've released because it's a great game each it, game yeah. is a different game yeah each game is a different game but there's always that creative aspect where all of that thought and creativity went into the next game where it's like okay well we don't really have to do that to make money let's just re-release the new one with remastered graphics so we don't see a lot of change inside of 
all the modern games that we have. But to be fair, you can also have that same level of laziness as a developer, too, because let's be honest, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout 4 are all the same game. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to mention Far Cry. Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4, Far Cry Primal, and now Far Cry 5. They're basically the same game, just set in different I will. I will object. Far Cry Primal is a lot different than Far Cry 4. Well, yeah, because you don't get guns. That, yeah, one, and you don't climb a radio tower. That, and you, that, that, you get mauled by mammoths in the first five minutes, like Doug found out. Yeah, uh, but Far Cry Primal is a lot harder. For, okay, fair. Yeah. We'll remove yeah. that from the from the thing, but it's like, right. Far Cry 3, 4, and 5, well, we can't speak for sure for 5. I'm really hoping that it's not going to be, but... But Far Cry 5 is different. nearly the same. Far Cry 5 will be different. One, there's no radio towers. Yay, but you get to kill bald eagles, right? <laughs> yeah, apparently. That's uh, the most I have a quick question. thing you can do. Right. Changing, shifting tracks just a tad, tad bit. Here's a question. Can we afford not to buy remakes? And here's my, here's my reasoning. Okay, they're releasing Secret of Mana next month. If we don't buy it, the developers are going to say, Huh, apparently no one's interested in the continuation or revival of the Mana series. That will now become a dead title. We won't get Secret of Mana for our Switch. We won't get, you know, any of the other games, like Sword of Mana, Children of Mana, for our Switch, for PlayStation, whatever. It's a dead series, and it will never be revived. So basically you're saying, are we supposed to give in to Stockholm Syndrome? If here's the question, it's kind of like, or having a crappy car, like having a car, my Buick, it's a crappy car. My question is, can we afford not to put money into it? If I if I put more money into it, it will continue. To, it'll be a good car, but then I'll be able to save up time to afford a new car, or do I just go? It's not worth it. And then that becomes a dead car, and now I have to start from the ground up. Does that make sense? I It does. I think the answer is, is buying games that you love or are going to like, and not just buying games because the developer is the developer you like. Um, look at, like, Assassin's Creed or what, uh, Infinity Ward with the Call of Duty series. People buy a game because it's part of the Call of Duty series, or the Assassin's Creed series, or the Far Cry, or Fallout. But it's like, if you didn't enjoy the games, are you... I actually kind of regret buying Fallout 4, because I actually didn't enjoy Fallout 3 all that much. To but be I was, fair, yeah. But I was like, but Fa- I should like Fallout 4. And it's one of those, like, I kept telling myself, I should like this game, I should like this game, and I didn't but I gave them 60 bucks anyway. So buy games that you are actually going to like and not just games that you feel like you should like. True. Because otherwise like you're going to end up with Call of Duty 7, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 5.7, or Far Cry 12. It, if you buy games that you're going to enjoy, buy all the sequels you want. But if you're just buying it for the title, for the developer, for this or that reason, then are you buying it for the good reason? 
are you just handing over your wallet going, take my money because I feel you deserve it, even though you haven't earned it? I agree, but that being said, I will always buy an Elder Scrolls game. (laughs) You will what? (laughs) That being said, I I, I agree, but I will always buy a... uh, Elder Scrolls game. And I'll be because honest, you I actually... will always get the Fallout game because I'm really a huge fan of the Fallout franchise. Because you really enjoy it. Yes. It hasn't let you down. It hasn't it's let me... Ca- well, well, it hasn't, it hasn't. <laughs> okay, very good. But you see my point, instead of just going, well, I have to get it because it's Here's this game. Well, if you're not Skyrim, into it... Skyrim's one of those games that I can play it obsessively for like a month and then never, like not play it for like three and I'm just fine, because I do what I set out to do in the game. Like, I recently started playing before I started playing Far Cry. And I'm like, sweet, I'm going to play this. And I got really far. And I'm like, okay, I've had my fun. I'm done playing this character. And I deleted the character. There you like, go. Th- it's like, I completed what I wanted to do, and so I'm done playing this for a while. Makes sense. So, anything else on this topic? I think I've said my piece. By Secret of Mana. <laughs> By Secret of Mana. <laughs> oh, I am. I absolutely am. <laughs> Hashtag, please re-release. Insert Hashtag. game title here. <laughs> Hashtag, please sponsor us. No. <laughs> Hashtag, not my resident evil. <laughs> anyway, moving forward. Uh, the weekly challenge this week is least favorite game of the past five years. Oh man, I don't even have to think about that one. Go for it. <laughs> Homefront the Revolution. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mass Effect Andromeda just to irritate me. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I was about to say there were some things about Andromeda. The reason why I hated Andromeda was just because of the sloppiness of the game release. That was really the highest hatred point of that entire fran- or that entire game. Whereas... <sighs> I tried, like, Homefront, the original came out, and it was pretty controversial because it was underwhelming, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, Homefront, the revolution's coming out, which, if you guys don't know, it's the story of when, however, North Korea somehow invades the United States and takes us over because okay. uh, they built a backdoor, like, virus program into all of the weapons that they sold us, which, you know, hey, hashtag could happen. <laughs> yeah. But I started the game and there were so many glitches in it the storyline was just so boring and then it was just basically like the far cry hey go capture this checkpoint and it becomes under your control and you get a slight benefit and more buddies are going through and hanging out in this area but there really wasn't any reason for me to finish past the second level huh it was that bad of a game it was just awful (laughs) Okay, Doug? Um, I would say... Let me think for a second. A.K.A. you're pulling something up, right? No, 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 no. no um, can't prove it. Not at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is going to be controversial. Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Hmm. Fair game. You know, I'm going to withhold my judgment because I've only played, like, the first level of that so far. I was planning on teaming up with Micah and doing a playthrough of it, but never got around to doing it. I mean, it... Don't get me wrong, it's a fun game, but by making it between 1 and 2, they took away some of the mystery of one of the main villains. Okay. 
like, I'm not, have you had anything spoiled with it there, Sam? No, but you can feel free to go ahead, because I have a feeling I'm probably not going to ever get around to playing it, because I'm in the middle of binary domain right now. You basically play, you can play as um, a doppelganger of Handsome Jack, and Handsome Jack is one of the main characters. And if you've, play, if you've played Borderlands 2, you are introduced to Handsome Jack in the game as just this almost, I want to say, if you've ever watched, and you probably should never watch, the TV show Archer, that is how he's written. It's very much a silly, I'm going to insult you and laugh, and you're going to laugh the whole time. But when you go back and explore his backstory, it's like, that, that he becomes less interesting. You've humanized the person who you're not supposed to humanize. The most interesting man in the world you've humanized now, so yeah. all of his splendor I mean, is like, gone. It's like going and watching a movie about James Bond in, like, I don't know, college, and you're just like... <laughs> I mean, he's cool, don't get me wrong, but I kind of remember James Bond driving fast cars, you know, going on dates with pretty women, and, you know... Having really cool drink orders at the bar, not hanging out in a college dormitory telling jokes. I get it. And so, it just kind of took away the magic, and by doing that, it robbed itself of its fun, because, like, it had some cool mechanics. Well, I mean, if you've never played 2, I would definitely recommend the pre-sequel, because then that's your introduction to the character. Not the awesome one that they had in Borderlands 2. I get it. That would be my recommendation. Um, my least favorite game of the last five years is actually Ruby Grim Eclipse. Really? Yeah. Um, I bought, because I'm a huge fan of Ruby, the anime. But the game is just a generic, like, God of War clone. Where it's like, you're all playing as these awesome characters, but they just don't feel awesome in the ways that their characters are supposed to be. So it's like, you can play as, you know, Ruby, Yang, Blake, Weiss, uh, and anybody from Team Juniper. But it's just like, I don't care. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. Defeat these Grim. And move on to the next area to defeat more Grim. And move on to the next area to defeat more Grim. And press the same button. 375 times. Just like... I feel like I should have really liked this game, but I just don't. I Because it. it feels like there's not the care and love and attention. Like, the voice acting? On point. The dialogue? Iffy. Because there's not much story to the game. I got to, like, the fourth, st- fourth level, and I was like, but the levels are the same. If you've beat level one, you've beat all the other levels. So it just it. felt hollow. So it's like, I feel like I should have enjoyed this, but I don't. Make it my least favorite. I, I would have to say that repetitiveness is what makes a game really, really disappointment or re- really disappointing. Where it's like, you know, Fallout games are, hey, go to this place and shoot somebody or press something there. But they do a really good job, that and Skyrim, of like changing who it is you're attacking as well as the skill abilities, as well as the environment and everything else. But if it's like a scroller game and it's the same thing over and over again, you're just like, eh, I don't know why. The home front, basically, it didn't change anything in its mission to mission, which is why I hated it too. All right, fair game. 
So, uh, anything else? No, not for me. Sam? No, I think that's good. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about gaming news and then also some movie news. Doug, do you want to go ahead and pull up our socials so we can talk about that a little later? For sure. For Rizzle. Okay. The gaming news. Twitch bought exclusive Overwatch League streaming rights for reported $90 million. What? <laughs> that seems like a lot. That's you it. know what? It does, but at the same time, it's totally worth it on their point. Because oh, yeah. Because there is a lot of grounds for it. Like, I've seen a lot of commercials for it, and I'm like, you know, this is cool. Like, the first official Overwatch League. It's not just groups of people coming together to form a league. It's an official thing. It's like when they have play, you know, the StarCraft finals. It's like, that's cool. I watch it. And they have ads on it. It's beneficial for them. Especially when they get to go, hey, is that an Overwatch League match on YouTube? Yep. Banned. Yeah. Yep. Boom. You only get to watch it on Twitch. Unless it's the, like, I don't know, does Twitch have a YouTube channel? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I don't like, think that they would. that up right now. Continue. But it's like, so they get to have exclusive rights to it. They Wait, are I, have a a, I have a question. Yeah. So I know on our YouTube channel we have a few Overwatch videos. Do we need to take those down? And I think uh, that it affects other creators as it, well. It doesn't, because it's not official Overwatch League with a logo and everything. It's like okay. how you can have, play, you can have baseball games that are MLB, but ESPN owns MLB. So if it's an MLB full game on a different platform, ESPN can go, you need to take that down. Okay. I just want to double check. Um, which actually makes me think that I would actually like to see Twitch get more exclusive exclusivity to it. Um, because actually I'd really like to see like like a, a restaurant or like a sports bar that does a lot more esports. Yes. Because it's not determined by season like weather season or anything it's like cool you can watch an overleague match any time of year you can watch a league of legend match any time of year or a starcraft any time of year i think it would be really cool to be able to go get buffalo wings you know uh, grab a pint and watch overwatch with your with your friends instead of going hey guys let's get together in my living room and watch this it's like well that's cool but I want it to gain more mainstream popularity. And I think by having an exclusive channel that's doing that, I would actually love that if Twitch got more exclusivity and actually was able to build almost a television channel. It's true. The other thing about Twitch is that it seems that a lot of more people are moving to that platform, mostly because of the controversies that have come out with YouTube in the last couple of er couple of months whether it's their advertising whether it's how they're censoring different yeah. things along those lines as much as i love youtube and I, I will still have my youtube account and follow youtubers it seems that twitch is making it a little bit easier for content creators and streamers to uh put their name out there yeah i totally get that because it's built for gamers so um moving to movie news uh, Black Panther beats Fandango's MCU pre-order ticket sales record. That's actually really important. Yeah. I think it is. Because um, I'm actually really looking forward to Black Panther. I really am too. And the reason being is that I think it's the first time that a black character has been 
portrayed as the main character of a movie for all the Marvel movies, except for uh, what was that brief Netflix series they had on there? Luke Cage? Yeah, where it was like, yeah, it was okay. Well, and I actually have a problem with Luke Cage. Really? Um, because they absolutely... And, okay, let me be very clear. I'm not exactly, you know, person number one to talk about this. But they portrayed him almost as still being a uh, stereotype. Really? Of being... Uh, Luke Cage, it's like, oh, he's the tough guy from on the streets who was raised in the streets and is tough and it was part of a gang at one point. It's like, yeah, but just because he's a hero doesn't mean that he's not a stereotype. True. Whereas it, with Black Panther, it's like, no, he's the richest man in the MCU universe. Yeah, and he's royalty. He's royalty. And he is a really cool superhero. Much better, and he's not anyone's sidekick. Whereas Falcon is Captain America's sidekick. For some reason. Yeah, well, it goes down through, like, all the Iron Man movies. You know, you had the black sidekick. You had this guy, and it's like, okay... Well, that's cool. Doctor Sh- er, Doctor Strange, even. The sidekick who eventually becomes the bad guy. I mean, you know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm actually... like At first, I was like, eh, Black Panther. And then I seen a trailer, and I was like, I'm in. I'm in. And then now, like, it breaks the records. And I'm like, I am 100% in. My p- Because... Go ahead. Uh, my hope is, is that they don't turn it into another stereotype movie. Like, oh, man, let's go ahead and let's make every stereotype about this culture that we can and it's like no i really don't want to see that movie i want to see something more along the lines of hey he becomes the respectable man out er, that we know in the new movies that there are instead of trying to be like oh let's go ahead and let's be as stereotypical as we can like the luke cage er, series yeah i get you i'm i'm well it's i'll go see any mcu movie pretty much Pretty much. They've got they've got me by the wallet. <laughs> I've still not seen Thor. You what? You didn't see the, I've still not seen Thor, yeah. The original or Ragnarok? Uh even Dark World. Oh, in that case you should you should go do that because I just saw Ragnarok like two weeks ago. It was great. Uh I seen this vid- post, it was like watch an MCU movie every week and by the time you finish them all, it'll be the release week of Infinity War. Nice. Um so yeah, I'm excited to go see Black Panther and broke Fandango pre-order tickets. Hey. So it's like, and even Star Wars didn't do that. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. The record was MCU pre-order tickets, so Star Wars does not fall into that. But it beat out Captain America, Avengers, and everything. So I think it's good. Nice. Uh, you know what's also really exciting about this? It's exactly. not just that it's a big thing because he is not a sidekick. It's, uh, it is like a... It is a big thing that he's not a sidekick. He's not one of the big five. It wasn't up until, like, Ant-Man that anyone's like, oh, I'm going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy or Ant-Man because I have no idea who they are. It's true. Ooh, yeah. Like, we don't, for lack of better words, go back and watch uh, Captain America Civil War and realize we do not have any backstory to Black Panther. The other thing is that it paints a country in africa in good light like it's even though it's a made-up country at the same time everybody has a stereotypical view that every country in africa is just basically wildlands and sands and a whole bunch of you poverty can pretty much 
you can thank Neil Blomkoff for District 9 and Chappie for that. Yeah, um. but it's like this one goes <laughs> yeah. through and this recreates a scenario where it's like, hey, there's a functioning society where there are African countries that there is a functioning society. But unfortunately, the stereotypes kind of go through and yeah. are all over the news, unfortunately. I yeah. would really like a line, and this is... I would really like Black Panther to look at someone and go, something along the lines, and forgive me for saying this, we're Africans, not savages. And he just turns around and walks away from them like, dude. Yeah. That you, would that would be a you, good line. You are in my sovereign nation using my vibranium in my metropolis. You need to step off. <laughs> it is true. Nice. All right. Let's move on to releases this week. We only got a couple... Uh, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition for PC and PS4 on the 16th. Sweet. Are and you getting that? No. Uh, Sam? <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> I had, if I hadn't have purchased the Civilization V, I may have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Monster Hunter, Open, uh, Monster Hunter World Open Beta for PS4 on the 19th. Nice. Yes. I'll be playing that. So. Um, like, I know, th- I know you, one of our coworkers, Sam, and then... One of my old co-workers, like, we're all big into Monster Hunter. I'm I'm in the process of converting one of my work co-workers as well. Like, why? Anyway, you know, no, do you want to run through our socials? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, real fast, Sam, are you possibly considering Monster Hunter on the PC when it comes out later this year? I am, but this will be... If, remember, if I do not like it, it falls back all on Doug, not on the Monster Hunter-like game itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, part of it is I think I would even fund Derek to get it on his PC because a lot of fun of Monster Hunter is playing with other people, so that way you can blame your defeat on them as well. There you go. Like, I can be playing with Derek, and then, like, we wipe, and I'm just like, Derek, come on. You missed those. You missed the opportunity. <laughs> even though you got totally royally owned by whatever creature was oh, around the yeah. corner. <laughs> it's easier for me to sleep at night if I have someone else to blame. There you go. Cool. Let, yeah, let's go over our social media profiles. We are on Instagram. It's Gaming and a Chill Podcast. One word. Uh, we're working on. Well, I'm working on trying to add more stuff to that because I don't know what to put on Instagram like ever. Um, yeah. Fair. Uh, Twitter. We are at Gaming underscore in underscore Chill, and you can use the ha- you can use that as long as the hashtag Gaming and Chill Podcast to chat with us and kind of. Throw some feedback and build that community. We really appreciate our, it. Oh, yeah. Looking at my social media profile page, I noticed that our West Bites <laughs> is uh, gamingandchillpodcast.com. So definitely go check us out there. We're constantly reinventing it and rebuilding it, which includes one of our other rebuilds, which is an introduction to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash gamingandchill. Derek, would you like to talk about the Patreon for a few seconds? Yes, our Patreon, like you said, is GamingAndChill.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash GamingAndChill. That would be the correct one. Um, and you can sponsor as little as $1 a month or uh, as much as $100 a month. Um, and that's for one person. Um, for So for right now, our goal is $500 a month uh, so that we, we can get dedicated recording studio. Uh, so that way we can put more content out and have a dedicated space for creating. Because uh, right now we all run it out of 
living rooms and bedrooms and spare closets. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure pretty someone's much. running it in a closet somewhere. Yeah, technically, um, Micahs could be considered that. <laughs> I, I told you. Um, so it's just something that, as a listener, as a, as a viewer, you can almost participate in. There's, there's different rewards uh, from getting to watch content early to getting to uh, do live events with us and possibly play games with us. Maybe you can be on a Monster Hunter video. And you get to have view content early. Um, which, if that's your thing, you can do that. Uh, so, yeah, it's patreon.com slash gaming and chill. And uh, we we appreciate it. Uh, the little, as little... Let me word this uh, better than I was attempting to. Uh, we appreciate everything that we're given. Um, yes. From as little as $1 to as much as 100 it we appreciate it no matter what. Uh, oh, yes. Because it's your way of saying, hey, I like what you're doing. Keep it up. And thank you. Yeah. So, anything else, gentlemen? Uh, we do also have a Cafe Press. Yeah. Yes, we do. Cafepress.com slash gaming and chill. Uh, we're working on some shirt designs. I know we're trying to make a uh, one from playing PUBG from the stream Stream-Ageddon on the first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you crossbows OP, please nerf. <laughs> yes. I'm working on that. And then, of course, you can always find us at YouTube at Gaming and Chill. Just look us up. It might be easier for Gaming and Chill podcast. That's what I search. Mm-hmm. And we are like 9 out of 10 searches on that result. Nice. Uh, I also looked it up. We have almost 100 videos. So Yes. Which blew my mind, somehow. <laughs> right. So. And so we are uploading, like, bite-sized news and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we are happy to say, uh, we mentioned it last week and we talked about it last week, uh, we have the first, the ep- basically the episode zero of our D&D podcast uh, pretty much done, right, Dart? Yeah, just got to put it onto a video slate and ready to upload. Nice. Yes, that will be, and that is actually one of those videos that is going to be for Patreon viewers only, because the episode zero. I will put up the um, logo. Cool. I like that logo. Yeah, I think it's Me pretty too. cool. Yeah. So, it's anything very, else, gentlemen? I think that's it. Uh, other than, you know, praising the sun, we're good. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Then, until next week, everybody have a good one. Thank you guys for tuning in. See ya. <laughs>